He's the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We're continuing our series of the all-time standard here on Steelers Standard. If you're just tuning in now, make sure you go to our former podcasts and listen to all of the other episodes of the all-time standard. What it is, is we usually take a position group, like running back, quarterback, linebacker, safety, whatever, and we give you our top five all-time in Steelers history at that position, the standard for those position groups. Today we're doing offensive line, and it's a little tough. I'm going to be honest. You can get mad at me if you want for not wanting to do the work and call me lazy and a jerk, but it's a little tough to do five guards, five right guards, five right tackles, five left tackles, and five centers. So instead, it's chef's kiss to just do your Steelers standard at the offensive line. So tackle, guard, center, guard, tackle, the five best that make up the best unit in Steelers history. And we're going to start with the tackle position and work our way in. And off the air before we started this, you know, we, we plan these segments a little bit. I know it might not seem that way when it comes <laughs> across your, your phone or however you listen to the podcast. But we do like to put a little bit of thought before we get things going with these kind of topics, especially when it comes to the Steelers' all-time standard. And tackle was a tough one. I mean, for a team that really, and as you guys did the standards before mm-hmm. when I was gone, and we did quarterbacks right before I left, I mean, this is a team that has just star after star at almost every position. And that's not to say they don't have stars at the tackle position either. But it's the it's names just shine fewer, brighter it's fewer at the and others. farther yeah. between. Yeah. yeah, the names on the interior of the offensive line certainly carry a lot more weight than the names on the outside of the offensive line. So I'll kick things off here with a guy that we all kind of nailed down as one of the starting tackles, and that's John Kolb. He was the guy who protected Terry Bradshaw's blindside in all four of the Steelers Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. I I just feel like we don't have to go into much more after that because that kind of says it all. But, I mean, this is a guy who played 177 games for the Steelers. 138 of them were starts. Uh, from 1969 to 1981, he was a career Steeler. And again, when you win four Super Bowls and you're the starting tackle on Terry Bradshaw's blind side, that carries a ton of weight in my mind. And and like I said, we had a little bit of a struggle trying to fill out the tackles, but I think we all kind of landed that John Kolb is, without a doubt, the guy at the top of that list. Yeah, I, I think... Probably uh, the best tackle in Steelers history. He's definitely up there, no doubt. I mean, he, he made both of our lists, Tom, John Kolb did. Uh, and, I mean, when you, you laid out his, his... I mean, off the top of your head, you said he basically played every game in the 70s, and he really pretty much did. Um, when you look at it, I mean, and, oh, by the way, a four-time Super Bowl champion, uh, that, that, that doesn't hurt either. Um, and this is a guy, too, that went through it. I mean, he started with the Steelers in 69, so they yeah. weren't... Exactly, world beaters then. So this is a guy, he didn't get his first start until 1971. But, right. I mean, he is someone that was ingrained in the Steelers' culture as they built their dynasty, and then he got to f- play out the dynasty right. towards the back half of his career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, true Steeler just rings when you think of John Cole. Right, no doubt. I mean, played in, what, 177 games yeah. and, and started and 138. Didn't put on another jersey. Right, right. Uh, I mean, that, that there's definitely something to that, and I think that's something, too, when you talk about the offensive line, like, consistency and, and being a stealer for life, that sort of thing definitely helps because let's be honest here. I mean, a lot of the guys on this list, well, some of them anyway, we, we never saw play. Right. Um, a lot know, of the guys on this. Yeah, list, yeah. But at the same time, like when you think of offensive linemen, not only are they not going to get a lot of shine in general because of the, you know, their offensive linemen, they don't put up stats necessarily. Mm-hmm. And even more so 
back in the era in which, you know, Cole, but, you know, played and other guys on this list, um, you know, you, you really didn't, you, you know, for us, it's really hard because we never saw them play for one. And for two, there's no stats on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. The way offensive line is graded now is a hell of a lot different now than it was then. But, you know, so that's kind of the stuff you have to go off of. But Cole, absolutely, you know, a, a, a lifelong stealer. And I mean, he played in, you know, in the NFL for, um, you know, so many years and, and really all of them were with the Steelers. And, right. you know, when you play pretty much a whole decade with one team that tells you that, that it, at least, you know, during, during a, the best decade yeah, of that team's history, you were at least a solid NFL player at the very, right, very least. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, Cole, Cole made all three of our lists. I mean, that was really the no brainer here for this position. I mean, you talk about the 1970s teams. You cannot leave out the name John Cole without writing the history, without without describing those dynasties, just because we know there's another offensive lineman from that era that is probably considered one of the greatest offensive linemen ever, not just in team history, but in NFL history, regardless of, of center tackle or, or guard. But still, you cannot mention those Super Bowls and, and the success, the, the protection of Terry Bradshaw, the success of the running game without mentioning John Cole. Now, the other guy to put at this tackle spot that's the one where we kind of struggled a little bit on and the one that kellen and i actually settled upon was tunch Oaken, someone mm-hmm. that you should all be very familiar with mm-hmm. as part of the steelers standard when it comes to their dream offensive line i put Oaken in there he played from 1980 to 1992 uh in a steelers uniform of course he had an extra season in green bay as well so he didn't spend all of his time in a steelers uniform but Played 177 games for the Steelers. He started 143 of them. He made two Pro Bowlers. Mm-hmm. That's something that John Cole never did. Mm-hmm. I know a different era, but still, he made two Pro Bowlers. That's, I believe, some of the most Pro Bowls made by any Steelers tackle in team history. Uh, I could be grossly wrong on that, but none really jump out to me when looking at these uh, potential candidates. Um, you know... He was part of the line that in his last season helped running back Barry Foster set the all-time team rushing record with 1,690 yards. So he was certainly had a good part in doing that. Um, but, yeah, you play in 177 games for the Steelers, 143 of them being starts. You're kind of in that forgotten era of, yeah. of Pittsburgh Steelers football. He, he came right after they won their last Super Bowl in the 70s, and he left right before they went to their Super Bowl in the 90s where they eventually lost to the Cowboys. So he kind of gets stuck in that little purgatory region of Pittsburgh Steelers history. But as this little write-up on him says, he was really one of the only bright spots on a team that desperately needed one during that time. Yeah, I And mean, that's tough to be when you're a tackle. Right. It's a bright right. spot. And I mean, you have to be really good. Yeah. And what we talked about with, with Kolb, too, when you play pretty much an entire decade with a team, um, you know, that, that says something about you. And, and Tunch absolutely did that hell more than a decade um, with the Steelers. And like you said – um, for him to be a bright spot as a tackle when, when there really weren't many in the 80s and in the early 90s, again, that does say a whole hell of a lot about him. And if yeah, he was I mean, healthy, he was starting. I mean, ever since right. 1983, when he really took over that job, uh, every game on his game log is also a game started. There was mm-hmm. never a period towards the end where he was just a swing guy. He was always the main guy at that tackle spot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, we all work with Tunch. I I, I mostly did uh, in the locker room with him last year. Uh, I mean, absolutely, you cannot. Like I said, I base my list. I, I base my player selected based off of the impact. And after thinking about it a little bit longer, it, the guys that you have to consider opposite of John Kolb, if you want to start your all time starting 
starting offensive line for this franchise, I think it has to be Tonjokin. I was trying to to consider other guys such as Marvell Smith, who we saw in the 2000s. But really, I mean, the guys that were there in the 2000s, it was all Jeff Hardings. It was all Alan Fanica. Sure, uh, it was guys like Marvell Smith and Trey Essex and, and others who were a part of it. But really, no name shined really more so than Fanica's did. And I think when you consider... The 80s, which was, as you guys pointed out, not the best time to be a Pittsburgh Steeler or a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. The fact that you could take solace in a guy like Tunchilkin, who wasn't a a defensive player in terms of takeaways or sacks or an offensive player in terms of touchdown production or, or yards thrown as a quarterback. If you're able to capture the hearts of Steelers fans across Steelers Nation and be as good as you are at your position being an offensive lineman. I think you have to have to have to be remembered as one of the all-time greats of your franchise's history. So despite the fact that some of the guys opposite who would be playing opposite of John Cobb on this all-time team may not have had the pedigree in terms of his Super Bowl wins, but still in terms of impact, you have to say Tunch Ilkin is probably number one. Well, one guy that I think just sneaks in right behind Tunch on the honorable mention the uh, third place finisher for the tackle spot is probably Marvell Smith. I'd say yeah. tackle I mean, he was there for the two, both Super Bowls and in, in the two thousands, the Super Bowl in 2008 due to injury, but was certainly a part was of on the that team, team that got him there and he got himself a ring. He is considered a two time Super Bowl champion, but yeah, he helped protect a young Ben Roethlisberger. He helped open up holes for Parker and Bettis to run through uh, as they marched to their Super Bowl victory in 2005. Um, he made a pro bowl. He has two Super Bowl rings, but, he only played in 111 games for the Pittsburgh Steelers right. and he only played for nine seasons. So that kind of, I think was a negative in comparing him to Tone Jokin where, you know, we're talking about the, the standard for the Steelers. And I think Tunch kind of embodies that more yeah. than Marvell Smith. And that's just not even getting onto what Tunch has contributed off the off field. The field because right. This is all based on, on the field, but you know, longevity-wise, uh, been to more Pro Bowls. So looking at him individually, he certainly was better than Smith in my mind. But that is no knock on Smith, no, who no. was definitely part of some good offensive lines mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh Steelers history. And you can't take those two Super Bowl rings off of his finger right, or that no. Pro Bowl appearance either. No, not at all. Uh, and I think that's fair. But, you know, as we said, uh, when you really break it down, when you really look at it, I do think Kolb and, and Tunch are the, the two that really stick out. Above all else, again, not to say that the other guys that you know we've mentioned aren't worthy. They're just not mm-hmm. up to that tier. Coleman Tunch, you know, a little lucky, too, that, that right. for as great as the Steelers have been, they that, play position in that position has been a little thin. Right, compared like. to the other two. Where I mean, you, what do you even say? Like, Big Al had a run where he's not in this conversation, but he's no, up there when he made his Pro Bowls and had, like, too. three or four good years. Like, mm-hmm. he's certainly in the conversation of – not to this extent, but one of the better tackles in team history. Yeah, when you when you talk thin, about better, history. better tackles in, in the team's history, yeah. in the franchise's history, you, you, you can mention Big Al, but... But again, he was just a blip on the radar compared to the... The two guys Even who, Smith who made, only playing yeah. nine seasons, still a lot more of an impact. Oh, absolutely. Moving on to the inside, the guard position. The one guy we're going to get to in a second here is maybe the best Steelers offensive lineman of all time or runner-up to someone else that we're definitely going to get to on this list as well. But I think recently cut David DeCastro is probably one of the two guards, the second-best guard 
in Pittsburgh Steelers history. Wow. You okay? I knocked over a shelf in here. Sorry. So strong, Kellen. David DeCastro playing for eight years for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He played in 112 games. He's a guy who went to five Pro Bowls. He's a two-time All-Pro in his career. Wow. Uh, it kind of feels like his career might be ending a little bit early. I know the Steelers moved on from him. Yeah. You, you don't know for sure that he's going to hang it up. Just kind of feels like the writing is on the wall for him to move on, though. I don't know how many other teams are going to kick the tires if he's even interested. In and if he's even healthy team. enough. To play. But uh, I feel like his career is maybe going to get a little bit of an early end here. And that's a shame because, again, like we're saying right now, he's clearly one of the better guards in football history and team history and I, I think worthy of being that that number two guy uh, in the team's history 125 games for the Steelers he started in 124 of them he only yeah. did not start in one game that he played so and th this is a guy who really was able to keep the injury bug off of his back too the once he became a starter the least amount of games he played mm -hmm. was 2020 last year when he only played in 13, which is still pretty good for an offensive lineman. But yeah. other than that, 15 games, 16 games every single year, always there on Sundays, always reliable. Uh, a very good first-round pick late in the first round out of Stanford when the Steelers took him in the 2012 draft. And it, he's been a part of an awesome tandem with him and Marquise Pouncey in that middle for years and years to come. And it's kind of crazy that 2020 was the last season we're going to see those two together yeah. when they are certainly both all-time greats in their own right. But you know, talking about guards specifically now, I think DeCastro for sure gets that number two spot and is part of the Steelers' standard at offensive yeah. line. No, I hear you. Um, I think he definitely is. Um, and again, I think the, the thing too, like he had a stretch there where you know for six years, you know what, six of his nine years yeah. with the Steelers, he was a Pro Bowler, um, a two-time all for two-time first-team All-Pro thrown in there too. I mean, that could have been more for that for that All-Pro. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the, the six-year run where he was a Pro Bowler. It's pretty impressive. Even, you know, last year he was a pro bowler. He was, you know, he played in 13 games. I know we didn't see the, the very best of David DeCastro last year. And, and, um, you know, and I understand that, but again, he pro bowled in six of his last six years with the Steelers. It's really good. And Oh, by the way, was a part of probably one of the best offensive lines in Steelers mm -hmm. history. I mean, I know that the, I, one of them, I mean, they were, you know, in the what er, mid teens, early to mid teens, the 20 teens, I should say, um, he was, I mean, he was unbelievable. He was probably the best guard in football. Uh, well, for two of those years, he was a first team all pro. Right. So it does give you an indication that he was, if not the best, the second best guard in football. Um, so yeah, I mean, DeCastro without question, um, you know, it, it kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth because of the way that it Things ended. ended. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, it's but not that doesn't necessarily take away from him and no, it's not, it's not, his, it's not fault. his fault that, you know, the, the ankle stuff and all that, but you know, without I mean, and if he doesn't play another snap in the league again, which he very well might not, um, he will be a lifelong stealer again. It, as you said, Tom, it's not the way you wanted to see it, and he you know probably still has football in him. But when you look at his you know what nine year resume with the Steelers, it's really impressive. It's incredibly impressive, and I always like to think about how bad both the the running game and the offensive lineman play was from basically from. 2008 to maybe 2011, 2012, right before DeCastro got there. I mean, we all we always reference Ben's iconic line on on the podium in 2008 when he said, "Who's laughing now, offensive line?" Because it was truly that bad. And I mean, we just talked about uh, just how 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 good it was for those early 2000s, but it really took a step back starting in that 2008 season. 
and I really think the arrival of and the drafting of Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro in that span really revitalized just those two guys alone. You can you can chuck it up to saying, yes, Ramon Foster was at it and Big Al was there for a portion of the time, but really when the Steelers decided to draft those two guys early in the 2010s, it was it was absolutely what you can consider the 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 rejuvenation of that offensive line, and there's really no question that David DeCastro is probably the second best uh, offensive guard for this team. Is there any outside chance that he gets any Canton consideration, or I don't would know. You I say mean, too short of too a career? short. I mean, nine, only nine years, especially if he doesn't play anywhere else. If he if he actually does retire. I I don't think he stands a chance because you can't really unless you're like a wide receiver where it's something like Calvin Johnson where he had such a short career but he put up the numbers. Had David DeCastro did something similar in terms of his ability to produce as a lineman, I would have said sure, but I don't think it was enough in that in that window for him to really make a case. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, and again, if he plays. I think we made this point, Jake, when when he first retired, when we talked about it. Like, if he were to play three more years, and maybe not at a Pro Bowl Pro Bowl level, but like a, I don't know, you're a starting good level. You start every yeah. game healthy. You're not a train. You know, you're not a bad offensive lineman. You know, I know it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but if, uh, according to PFF, you're you're a good. You know, you get a good grade or whatever. Um, I think he's got a shot if he were to play more, but you know, just in the nine years, I don't think he's got much of. Mm. Um, you know, much of a chance, and it's a shame too because he is one of the better you know guards that we've seen in, in team history. It's just a shame that it ended so soon. It is a shame, but he will certainly have his name written somewhere in history forever, as he will be a He'll member be, of the Steelers Hall yeah, of Honor. Yeah, yeah. No, no questions asked. Yeah, about yeah that I think I think that's a guarantee. Like we said, he's top two guard of all time in team history. You'd have to put him in there, but <laughs> right, right. The other guy on the other side, the no left brainer. guard. No brainer. Hall of Famer. Like I said, the first Hall of Famer that we've put on this list so far, Hall of Fame All 2000s team, a nine time Pro Bowler, a six time All Pro, and a Super Bowl champion with your Pittsburgh Steelers. Just recently minted into the Hall of Fame this year, the offensive guard of your team, of your Steelers history, Alan Fanica, mm-hmm. the greatest of all time at that position. No yeah. question. Maybe the greatest guard in the history of the NFL. You Very can well certainly make one of them in that case. Uh, he did play two years with the Jets and a year with the Arizona Cardinals. He uh, started every single game in, in those seasons with those teams as well. He started every single game from 2002 until he hung it up in 2010 with Arizona. Every single game. He did not miss one game in his NFL career. The year before that in 2001, he uh, missed one game. And then uh, the year before that in 2000 with the Steelers, uh, yeah, he didn't miss a single game That's either. That's amazing. This is a guy who played in – all but one game in his NFL career, in his entire career. In 1999, he played in 15 games, and in 2001, he played in 15 games. Other than that, he didn't start in all of them, especially his rookie year, but other than that, he has played in at least every single one of his games when it comes to the NFL. The man simply just did not get injured. Yeah. The other thing about Alan Fanica that always blows my mind, and if you're an avid listener of us or, or me on this station, you've heard me say this probably a thousand times, 206 career games, not just with the Steelers, in his entire NFL career. 201 starts. He had four holding penalties. But wait, it gets better. Two of those holding penalties came with the Jets and the Cardinals. Was he with the Steelers? So 158 games played, 153 games started with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He only held twice. 
in his Pittsburgh Steelers career. Yeah, That's the stuff that gets you in the Hall of Fame. And that's what makes me say you're not only the best guard in Steelers history, you're, one you're of maybe the best, the best ever. guards yeah. ever. And I mean, and so many times too, when you talk Two about. Two holds in 153 yeah. starts, yeah. 158 games. I mean, when you talk about Fanica too, so many times people bring up how, you know, the Steelers were struggling um, and they moved him out to tackle. Yeah, 2003 you know I mean? left tackle. Maybe like, he's the best tackle in yeah. team history as well. Right. I mean, it's pretty amazing that. He started all 16 games at that tackle spot. He yeah. Didn't, he didn't hold once that season. Yeah. I mean, they moved him to tackle. And it's not like it's as easy as, oh, you play the offensive line. Right. You can you know go from how guard to, to you, tackle. You can do anything. Right. Yeah. It's not that simple. No. And for him to do that and still do it at a high level, it's. Pretty remarkable, man. One of the bigger Hall of Fame snubs that we had seen in recent history. For and yeah, for a long time. For for not just in the Steelers organization, but across the NFL. This was someone that the NF that NFL fans who who were avid followers who knew the game and, and and don't just recognize the 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 offensive wide receivers and running backs and quarterbacks. People who pay attention know that Alafanica was absolutely a snub for the past several years. Once he turned eligible, it's only right that he's finally there. And maybe it's only right that he's being enshrined along with a second class of his of his teammates and of his coach, Bill Cower. I mean, from 2003 to 2009, the man didn't have a single holding call against him. That's yeah. basically the entire time I was in elementary school through high until I got to high school. He didn't, hold, high school. he didn't hold once. And it's not like he had a couple of years off. All in that entire stretch from 2003 to 2009, he played every single game. He started every single game. So it's you just don't make him like that. No. And it's, it's a combination of his hard work, but also this man was sent a gift from God that he was just his footwork yeah. was phenomenal his size was phenomenal he's the prototypical perfect guard that you'd want or lineman right. that you want in the NFL and he yep. was able to maximize all of that potential it is amazing uh, I mean his resume when you is, see talent like that get yeah. maximized it's insane how great it is right. yeah I mean his resume at least in Steelers history might only be rivaled by by one guy maybe yeah uh, which I is mean, coming up next it's coming probably. up next but i mean you could very well talk me into him being the greatest lineman in steelers yeah, history could be too. i know that's not exactly what we're doing we're naming a starter well, at every personally position. for us too because yeah, he's the because guy we he's got the to see him seen. play the oh guy, by far and away the best we've ever he's seen he's kind of the version the guy we're going to get to next he's kind of our generation's version of that yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean not even our generations it's just it's him and then the guy we're going to get to those are the i think those are the two greatest offensive linemen in this in this franchise's history everybody has to know the guy we're going to get to yeah. right i yeah. mean it's no question the number one not just center in pittsburgh steelers history as we move into the center position but by far I almost just said by far after we just did this whole thing about how Fanica's yeah, really close. I'm sorry. That was just me speaking in hyperbole there. But between him and Fanica, they're both by far yeah. the best in team history. Uh, you could make the argument this is the best lineman in the history of the NFL. You can as make well. the argument that this is the best franchise in terms of their their centers across the franchise. Yeah, history. that's the other thing. We're going to get to the runner ups after this guy in a second. But let's stop saying this guy for the 60,000th time. <laughs> although I'm sure everybody knows, we're talking about Webby. We're talking about Mike Webster, the Steelers' starting center from, geez, 1976. He was drafted in 74, but he only started a game his rookie year, and he only started a game his second year, playing all 14 of those games. But in 74, let's not forget, part of the greatest 
draft class, class of, all, of time. all time. Maybe the biggest steal of that draft class yeah, as well. Also, 1976 is when he finally took the reins as the starter, and he did not turn it over until 1989 when he eventually went to the Kansas City Chiefs and just started every single game for the Chiefs there uh, in that season as well. So two years with the Chiefs, the rest with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a 15-year Pittsburgh Steeler career, 17-year total career in the NFL 220 games for the Steelers, 194 of them starts. But again, most of those 194 starts, the discrepancy between that and the 220 he played in come from his rookie and his sophomore season where he only started one game in each of those years. But you look at the accolades for Webby, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a four-time Super Bowl champion, a nine-time Pro Bowler, a five-time All-Pro He's part of the Hall of Fame All-1970s team, and he's part of the Hall of Fame All-1980s There's team, not many so. guys that did that. No, and, no. and that, that's the other thing that's amazing about him is that he came in in that 74 class and then almost immediately started winning Super Bowls with this team, uh, wins those four Super Bowls, and then he continues his dominance throughout right. the 80s, uh, putting a cap on it with the Kansas City Chiefs in 1989, finally hanging it up in 1990. But, yeah, Kellen, like you're saying, like, you don't make a Hall of Fame all decades team in two de- in two decades. <laughs> no. I mean, no, the, it's it's an accomplishment to make it one time in one. Off decade. the top of my head, one guy that's gonna do it is Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady, right? Yeah. That, right, other right. than that, like I don't really maybe Peyton Manning, but other than that, like those are quarterbacks too. Yeah, like yeah. a lineman doing it is just that's it, it's a testament to you're getting in a car accident every single time the ball snapped, yeah. but you're still able to play for 20 years at such an incredible Hall of Fame level. It's no unbelievable. Doubt. It really is. I mean, in football was so different back then too. And for a lineman to do that, I think it's even more remarkable. It's even more unbelievable that that's, you know, what the the career that Mike Webster had. I mean, I don't know how many guys off the top of my head that that made two all decades teams, probably none, maybe quarterbacks, but position players. You don't have the longevity at the line position to play that long, let alone play at a high level that long. I mean, right. there's guys who play the offensive line. They're lucky to even reach two full decades. I mean, of look their at career. look at DeCastro. We just talked about him. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Could barely, could barely didn't finish even make out ten years. Tony yeah. played thirteen seasons. Right. right. I mean, Fanica played uh, thirteen seasons total, ten with the Steelers. Right. You just don't see what Webby no. did, where he played in over seventeen years in the NFL. It's unbelievable. At the center position. Yeah. It's crazy. And that's why he's the best center in Pittsburgh Steelers history. It's the best center in, in NFL history, in yes, my Yes, the best center in NFL history. Maybe the best lineman overall in NFL history. But the center position was the tough, toughest one to pick. Oh, by far and away. I mean, we talked because about who, how— Who's number two? Right. We talked about how, for the tackles, it was John Cobb, and then you were, there was Tunch, and then we, we it was hard to really pick a definitive third. The, the, the guards, it was pretty definitive who you were going with number one and two, and then beyond that, it was— it was just personal preference. But here, you're looking at – you can only pick one guy, but you have the argument to be made for three people. We might have to label the Steelers. You know how, like, Penn State gets labeled linebacker U yeah. or, or stuff like that? The, you had to label the Steelers, Steelers are center, center U. Th- yeah. That's the, the team, the standard when it comes to centers in the NFL. They had, from 1974 to 1988 before he left for the Chiefs, they had Mike Webster, the greatest of all time. He then handed it over to Dermani that Dawson year. in 1988, it who was, that year. was the guy until 2000, playing 13 seasons with the Steelers, seven-time Pro Bowler with the team, and a six-time All-Pro Hall of Fame class of 2012 for Dermani Dawson. 
this is a guy that also helped get the Steelers to a Super Bowl, even though they lost that Super yeah. Bowl to the Dallas Cowboys. So you have Webster to Dawson. So from 74 to 2000, it was Webster and Dawson. Mm. Then in 2001, it kind of takes a little bit of a break, but not too much. No. Jeff Harding steps in. Gets himself right. an All-Pro, gets himself to two Pro Bowls, wins a Super Bowl championship. He's there until 2006. Then they have four years of kind of just floating along with right. nothing at the position until a potential future Hall of Famer again, Marquise, Marquise Pouncey, Pouncey comes so in in 2010. To go from Webster to Dawson to Hardings to Pouncey, I mean, since the 70s, the Steelers have had elite talent yeah, at the center right. position. We're talking about Hardings as kind of closing that gap. But really, it's it. I mean, there, there's nothing to take away from Jeff Hardings, but it's really between Webby, no, Dawson, those and, are the big three, and Pounce. I'm just you gotta give credit that to Harding stepped also, in, in that kind yeah. of period between them for yeah. the biggest gap and was a Pro Bowler, mm -hmm. All Pro caliber, and he won a Super Bowl with the team. But I would say hard to believe the biggest gap the Steelers have gone since 1974 without a solid center is only just four years. Exactly. And yeah. hopefully Kendrick Green can slip right in and yeah. become the next in that line. But I, I would go Damani Dawson as my number two. Yeah, I love Pounce, right. and personally, Pounce is the best one we've ever seen. But numbers don't lie, and when you're a six-time All-Pro and a seven-time Pro Bowler, and you played in more games than Marquise Pouncey did as a Steeler, it speaks for itself. It speaks for itself. Um, Pounce obviously would have loved the chance to play in that Super Bowl against the Packers. He was a rookie that year, but he was injured mm -hmm. and could not participate, even though he helped get the team there. All the way to the AFC Championship At least Dermonte Dawson was able to play in a Super Bowl game, too. So he yeah, has but that I don't, little I don't feather wanna, in I don't his wanna, I don't want to hold that right? against I, Pouncey, He's got a little you know? feather in his cap, I mean, they though, both the made I, I know, I know you, know, you said that Dawson's got the starts and, and, and the games played over him and the Pro Bowls and the All-Pros, but they both also made an all-decade team. That's very fair. And, and Pouncey certainly will get at least recognition from the Hall of Fame, more so than the Castro. I think he has yeah. a better shot Oh, to absolutely. Get in. I, I think if you make an all-decade team, you have to at least be mentioned in that conversation. You have to become a, 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 not necessarily a finalist, but you'd, you'd, be, you'd be nominated. Well, that's it. The standard for the Steelers at the offensive line position. On the left tackle side, we've got John Kolb, a four-time Super Bowl champion, Never made it to a Pro Bowl, but we're not going to hold that against him when you win four Super Bowls blocking for Terry Bradshaw's blind side. Moving to that left guard spot, we've got the all-time greatest guard in maybe football history and Alan Fanica. The numbers speak for themselves. I'll say it one more time. Four holds in his entire career playing in the NFL. That is something to completely marvel at. Center, none other than Mike Webster Webby, the best lineman of all time possibly. At right guard, we've got David DeCastro. Really a little bit of new flavor. The only new flavor, really, from our generation of watching. I know we got a little bit of uh -huh. Fanica, but we definitely got all of DeCastro from draft day till his eventual release slash maybe retirement impending. And finally, at that right tackle spot, Tunch Yoken. Yep. How could you not love Tunch? Mm -hmm. uh, Two-time Pro Bowler for the Steelers. Was really one of the faces of the team throughout the entire 80s era of Pittsburgh Steelers football. So that's it. That's your standard for the offensive line. I think we got one more position group to go. Defensive line. Yeah, we'll do line when we yep. reconvene for our next episode's tapings. But for Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm Tom Opperman, and we'll talk to you next time on the Steelers Standard.